There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, Carolina. Honey, I didn't even know how to start this podcast today. <laughs> I Listen, neither did I. I. I want all of our listeners to know that these podcasts are fresh. They're like yeah. right, right out the oven. So today is Blackout Tuesday. We are recording for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We are still under quarantine. COVID yep. is still happening. There are rioters and they are looters. We have a curfew and our mental health is just holding on by thread. I mean, by the hair on my chinny chin chin, because I have not been to a salon in I don't know how long. So, you know, this is, this is bananas. I looked at the calendar. I do a calendar every single morning with my kids when we do the homeschooling. And I looked at my son and I said, it is June. Summertime. It is, but no, but not only is it summertime, but I looked and I said, we are six months into 2020. And we have been gripped since the very beginning. Honestly, we had January to really like go out there, do our thing, kind of shake our little tail feather. And then February was like, you know, so we have really been under lockdown and now more so than ever. But, you know, I'm just so glad that we could get on and talk to each other, honey, because this podcast, I, I don't know how much, I don't know if you know how much it means to me having the connection with you and just having this outlet in this vehicle to talk to our listeners, especially at a time like this, I feel like it is so incredibly important for us to tackle the tough subjects, which is what what's happening right now in America. It is. And it gives us the opportunity to say and speak on the things that people like me and you are thinking. You know, I feel like a lot of people right now are lost. They don't know how to move. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to post. So it kind of like it gives us the opportunity to guide them in a way and give them companionship. You know, a lot of people are locked up in their house. And when an episode drops, it's like they're hanging out with us. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, I I'm having a bit of internet issues, so if I hesitate for a bit, that's just because my internet keeps going in and out. You know, I mean, among other things, like these are also my problems right now. Um, so we had spoken in the past couple of episodes about my mental health and how I was really struggling through this time during the pandemic. And it really was the stress of overthinking, overthinking about the safety of my family, the health of my family and myself. And I don't think anybody would deny that they felt the same way. Um, that coupled with the schooling and, you know, the grueling schedule that we've had to endure. I think that that definitely has affected me. But last week, yes, yeah. But um, last week on Monday, I believe it was, and if I'm misspeaking, uh, please feel free to correct me, but I, I can't remember when it was that I saw the news headline about George Floyd. And immediately in my gut, I said, I don't want to see this video. And oh, wow. us in this industry, I've explained this to a lot of my friends, um, we don't get the liberty or the luxury to not see these things. Ever. You can hold off. You can say, I'm not mentally able to, to watch this right now, but eventually you have to watch it because you have to be able to speak about it. I do the news on our morning show every day. So, you know, I have to be aware. That night I made a, a decision that I didn't want to see it. And then the next day I watched it. And when I tell you, I was so profoundly affected. I was too. what I saw. Like, I feel like crying right now just thinking about it. Even just talking about it is, yeah. is it's so hard. And I'm not making this about me. I want to just walk you through last week because I know that a lot of you might have been feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Later on in the week, I mean, I saw it and it was like, damn, you know, but it was always in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, how could they do this? And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm doing the news on my morning show. Where are the arrests for? Is this cop going to get arrested? Did, did he die? The question? Of course. Yeah. Listen, I feel like I've seen a lot of different videos. I've seen a lot of disturbing things, but this George mm-hmm. Floyd video really fucked me up because mm-hmm. it was just like, oh my God, he's going to, he's going to die. He's going to, you can't hear gonna... all the people around him saying stop. I'm he like, can't he, breathe. This man is killing him. Like he doesn't care. It was just so many factors. Then it was like, the other cop wasn't stopping it and then people were yelling and then he was begging for his life and then and then you just see him die and it's just like to actually watch somebody Mm -hmm. murdered is 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 life-changing even if you're not there in person it 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 it, it really fucks with your soul and and that to have witnessed it absolutely even though it was just via a video it was just so fucked up Totally. I mean, I, I, you put it best. And I said to my husband, I didn't know what was going on throughout the week. I would just cry. I would start crying. And I was like, Oh, I'm just exhausted or, Oh, and I was never correlating it back to the story what you witnessed. to what I witnessed. And then on Wednesday night, I believe, or Thursday, and again, I apologize for the timeline. I don't have everything in front of me, but when I signed the change.org petition, that's when it, clicked. And I said, I think I have post-traumatic stress from seeing this video. I truly believe that this week has been a roller coaster because I could not get it out of my mind. I couldn't stop thinking, what the fuck can I do? Yeah, you, you know feel what helpless. I mean? You feel helpless. I 
I'm a mother in New York, and this, this story is in the back of my mind. How can I help this family in Minneapolis? So the first thing that I did was sign the petition at change.org and make the donation. Then, then you sit there and you, and you think about it, and I was you know, marinating on it, and I said, I need to talk to my therapist reached out to my therapist and I said, I, I really believe because of what I saw compounded with the stress of the pandemic and everything that I've been going through with yeah. my family personally, just me not being able to see friends go out. I mean, and those are minimal compared to the video. And I, I, again, I'm just saying it was one thing on top of another, on top of another and all of these layers. And finally I broke down. Yeah. I broke it, down. It, 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 it. Right now, we're just so fragile, you know what I'm saying? Mentally, physically, we've witnessed things that we've never witnessed before. We're living a new life that we haven't lived before. And then now, you know, you add you know, the, the police brutality, not that it's ever gone away or not that it doesn't exist, but it's just, ah, George Floyd just didn't need to die. Like, it was just, I don't know. My heart's been heavy. It's a tragedy. And then it's it brings, a tragedy. And then it brings back, you know, all the other, you know, tragedies that, that we've been, you know, from Amadou Diallo. Do you think of Rodney King? You think of Ahmad? You think Eric of Garner. Eric Garner. And then yeah. you're just like, this is, then you, you see all the names and you're like, hurt, hurt. Oh, yeah, I remember this hurt me. Oh, I remember that video disturbed me. And then it's just like, and it's still happening. Well, and, and I remember seeing flashbacks and of New York Post of Eric Garner and the headline, I Can't Breathe. You know what I'm saying? And I know you saw that cover of the New York of Post. You know, so it's like all of these events kept on flashing in my mind. And it was like, I couldn't escape it. Couldn't sleep. The anxiety was off the charts. And so it took me a while. It did. It took me a while to comment on it. And I mean, we've spoken about social media before on, yeah. on this podcast. Honey uses her social media. I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm going to basically say what my opinion is like you use your social media as a vehicle for both media and personal because you do you have pictures of yourself and your sisters and then but then you're also posting like breaking news and information Uh yeah I do not use my social media for that you know I use my social media for work unfortunately we have to post things sometimes but mostly it's about my kids and me you know and and I have a really unique relationship I think on social media because I can I can kind of get away with just posting about my kids. I don't have to do a lot of the other postings because I feel like they can go to you. They can go to TMZ. You know what I mean? We've got it handled. That's not what you're doing on social media. Exactly. And, and, you know, I respect that. Some people DM'd me and they were like, honey, do you think I'm a racist because I'm not posting about George Floyd? And I'm like, absolutely not. No, that's what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Don't don't Mm -hmm. ever... um, come into my DM and think that I, I expect everyone to post. Who do I expect to post? People who have influence, people that have a million followers that can make a change, that, that can help their followers understand a little bit about what's going on. You know, that's why I was so proud of The Breakfast Club. They had that conversation with Rush Limbaugh. And oh, like, I don't, we can talk about that in a minute because they are never going to change that old man's thoughts. They, and I was so annoyed by that whole conversation. I'm I, sorry. I know they're <laughs> never going to change his thoughts, but the fact that The Breakfast Club was heard by his listeners, even if it's just five listeners that were didn't he play it though? 
Yes, he did. Oh, it aired, okay. It I aired, hope so. It aired simultaneously. It aired on every single urban station at 2 p.m. And it also aired to his listeners. And um, let me bring it back. My thing is, if, if you have an audience, if you have a platform, and if you use your audience and your platform for financial gain, mm-hmm. you should also use it towards bringing about change, especially if you have Black followers, if you monetize from Black followers. That's why, you know, Kim Kardashian always gets a lot of shit, but at least she's posted. She spoke out as a mother well, but she's of also Black doing- Exactly. And she's also doing the other work, too, with the, her legal oh, yeah. degree that she's working for. You know, I, I can't she's, take she's, any criticism. Of, listen, I, but sometimes people are just like, yeah, Kim, whatever. Who cares? Right. Why are you involved? I, I commend whatever work she does and, and whatever, you know, whether she frees people from prison or whether she posts about the social injustices. But mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a wife of a black man and as a mother of two black sons, that's, it's also her duty. Absolutely. But, um, but I, I know people that they just feel like that post is not going to look good on my grid. <laughs> no, no. You know, and I felt actually the opposite. I wanted to digest because, as I mentioned, I, ta- I spoke to my therapist, I think it was on Thursday, as I was processing this whole thing. And finally, on Saturday, I was like, I, I want to say something, Yeah. but I want good it to you. mean something. I wanted to provide... I. And, and please don't get me wrong, because if you put a post up or a meme mm-hmm. and that is the way that you show your support, I will not take that away from you. But I thought that this story deserved more than me slapping up a meme mm-hmm. that everybody else had put up. Yeah, because said, you weren't checking a box. You actually felt Felt it. Exactly. And so on Saturday, I said, man, you know, sometimes... And I did have a lot of people reach out to me in the DMs and say, you said exactly how I felt. Like, That's good. I didn't know what to say. Like, where do you even begin with something like this? You know, especially because it is a, a departure from what I normally post. You know what I mean? So for me, I wanted it to be thoughtful and tasteful and respectful and helpful you know what I mean? So that's the reason why I looked in Cleo Wade, just an incredible American poet with just such profound and meaningful words, said exactly what I wanted to say. And that's that racism is a problem in this country. It's a systemic problem and it begins at home. And it until really we can begin to change the education of our very own families, and our children, it is never going to change. I hope it does change. But with that, I posted Cleo's poem and a resource for the anti-racism uh, or the anti-racist coalition, I believe it was. Um, actually, I would have to even go back and look at it to, to make sure that I give them the proper credit. But um, I wanted to make sure that I provided a resource because I even wrote, if you need help, because sometimes you don't know that you're racist. There are a lot of people out there that don't think that, oh, because I was raised this way. That doesn't mean that it's okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah, but if you look at a certain race and you feel either hatred, disgust, or they're like they're inferior, you know you're being a racist. Well, let me just go back and uh, backtrack. The Anti-Racist Research and Policy Center, it's at uh, American University, and it's a highly credited program, and that's the reason why I wanted to be sure to include them. So thank you for letting me just go back there. But, like, you know, for example, I just think back to all the times when I was younger, and I would have to correct my parents. And we've talked about it on this podcast ourselves. You know, 
Being a Latino doesn't mean that you're not racist. There are even, there's racism even with. Latinos stay being racist. Trust me, you. I see it. I hear it. I experience it. Because, you know, what happens is that Latinos might just totally feel comfortable in front of you. They might feel like, oh, I can just say whatever I want because, you know, you're Dominican too. I'm Dominican too. Let me, you know, set off this barrage of racism because mm -hmm. you're not going to tell on me. So, yeah, 100% Latinos are racist. Yeah, and, yeah. No, not all, but I'm saying there's instances of. Well, I just think that, you know, going back and, and figuring out kind of what your upbringing was, and I was talking to my friend about this, and I said, you know, I think that some people say, well, because I have a black friend, I'm not racist, right? Like, and you've heard that statement before. Well, I have black friends. Well, that doesn't mean that you're not racist, you know, and I think in conversation, I think that's the most racist thing anybody can say, but go ahead. <laughs> well, but that's what people use to justify friend. their, you know, belief that mm -hmm. they aren't, you know? And so I said, it goes down to your very behavior. If you are going through a neighborhood and you all of a sudden lock up the doors because you see a crowd of people standing outside that don't look like you, that makes you uncomfortable. You need to examine those feelings and you need to ask yourself, why do I feel this way around a certain group of people? Yes, that is a fact. What is my thought process about this? Why do I have these, these thoughts about whoever it is? And I'm not saying it's just about African-Americans. It could be about Asian people. It could be about Latinos. It could be about anyone. It could be about Muslims. It could be about religion, whatever it is. But I do believe that there are a number of people who don't, and I'm sorry, and I know that you might not, not think so, but I do believe that there are a number of people who don't think that they are. They wouldn't categorize themselves as a racist, but they still have racist behavior. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Listen, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of weird shit. You know, I heard Rush Limbaugh say that um, white privilege does not exist. He said white privilege does not exist in America. You know what frustrated me about that conversation? Can I say something about yeah, that? I, uh -huh. He kept saying Envy and Angela and Charlemagne, who, God bless them, I don't know how they got through that conversation. I was yelling at my phone. I was like on a walk and I was yelling at my phone. Um, the fact that he said, well, look at you guys. You oh. made it. Oh, yeah. Like, they like, are three people. Like you're you looking grateful that we got to make something out of ourselves. It, God, is that not how you right. took it? Is that uh, not because that's the way I took it? That's a hundred percent the way I took it. I was like, you're literally singling out three individuals, and you're saying that because they have had success in this industry, that all other individuals who could try that would have it. You're not factoring in education, community, outreach. Like, there, there are so many other factors that go into this, you know? Yes. And I just feel like there is such a division in this country now, and it is in our face. Before we were hiding it, Mm -hmm. We have had the luxury of ignoring other countries that have been going through this for years. Look at Nicaragua with uh, Ortega. Look, I mean, look at Venezuela. Look at all of these other countries that have been going through this for years. And now it's finally in America and it is ugly. You know, I look at New York City. I look at where we work, where we play, where you were born and raised. Yeah. Listen, New York City, I've, I've been here my whole life. New York City is, is, is beautiful, but New York City is also very gritty, and NYPD is also uh, full of people that are violators of human rights and, and who are abusers. I can tell you my, 
my own stories. Me as, as an adult, I am still fearful of coming into contact with police. Really? When we get pulled over, you know, mm -hmm. being, being that I am married to a black Latino, you right. know, my husband is Puerto Rican, but, mm -hmm. but he is black. Yeah. Um, when we get pulled pulled over, I'm like, don't say anything crazy. Don't lower the windows. Uh, don't make any sudden movements. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what kind of move this cop is going to be in and whether he's going to pull us out of the car. We've had instances where, where we've been pulled out of the car. I, I was one time uptown and we were double parked waiting for a parking spot and the cop just pulled us out of the car, cuffed Nooney, put him against the wall and it, for nothing for absolutely nothing. So I've had my experiences. And, and even right now, I fear coming into contact with the police because of the police brutality, because of how things can end. You know, I appreciate your perspective. And I, you know, it's not, I haven't had an experience like that. I am married to a white man. So my differences are, or, or my experiences rather, are entirely different than from what you yeah. go, have gone through. So for me, and this is where I want to actually step back with you too, because you say that you have a fear of police, and I have not felt that, yeah. truthfully. I have not felt that. And I have to be real to, to who I am and say, you know, because this is my truth. Yeah, this is what makes this podcast, you know, so amazing that it, it's you tell your truth and I tell my truth. And your truth resonates with some Latinos and some my truth resonates with, with other Latinos. Because you know what, for me, I, I like to think and I'm ever the optimist and I know that there's corruption. There's corruption on every level of every field and profession in this country, period. Like there is just, there's always going to, I need to believe that. You know, I think that there is, in my heart, I want to believe that, that police men want to be good and that there are only a handful of the Chauvin's and, and, you know, these other police officers who have been convicted. But now more than ever, I feel like it's so important for us to not generalize. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, 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 but it's very hard. You know, it, you're is, seeing... it is very hard because here's mm -hmm. the thing. Okay, not all police officers are bad, but when you're complicit and, and when you when you protect and when you fail to expose or when you fail to you know arrest a fellow officer, then you are a part of the problem. Exactly, and that mm -hmm. is that blue wall. You know, the secrecy, the fact that none of them ever get convicted, the fact that no one ever really goes to jail, the fact that they kill black and brown men but still get to you know walk around freely that is the problem for me it's the system is broken it really is the system is broken it really is and i've never and you know i know people that are married to police officers and whose fathers are police officers right. and i understand them you know trying to push forward this this agenda of like not all police officers are bad people but the times that i have come into contact with police we have been racially profiled. We have been pulled over. We have been asked if our vehicle can be searched. And we are two adults, successful, hardworking individuals. I, I got not one, but two degrees. And that does not matter when it comes to being black or brown in New York. But your experience speaks to that. So why wouldn't you think that way? If you have been racially profiled, mm -hmm. if you've been through that type of an experience, if you've seen your husband getting thrown against the wall, yeah. you are going to believe those things. Yeah, it, it's a condition. It's a condition and it's the only thing that, that I've experienced. The same way you've, you've probably had different experiences with police officers or with law enforcement or, or maybe people you know are married to them and, and they're mm -hmm. amazing people. I've never 
had a cop friend. I've never right. had a friend who's married to a cop. I've never seen any other side of, of police officers other than what, what we've experienced, other than what my husband and my, my black male friends have experienced or what I have seen in the news since I was a child. I remember yeah. Rodney King beatings on TV and I was just like, wow, the police are like fucking him up. And I've, I've never been exposed to anything positive when, when it comes to police. And I only speak of, of my experiences, you know? Of course. No, and I, and I support that because, like I said, and, and much like you said, my experiences have been different. I know, you know, one of my dearest friends is the daughter of a police officer. And so I know is a loving, supportive, you know, a community, a outstanding community member, a person who sacrificed and left their family every night to protect the community. You know what I mean? So those are the impressions that I've had of police officers, but there is no doubt in my mind that this particular person was a bad egg along with the other ones that were standing with him and that they all should. Yeah. Like I can believe that most police officers are great, but in this instance with this video, the video cannot lie. And then what drives me crazy is it's like, okay, this, this is just one video. Like, what, 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 this ha- what if this happens all the time? And I'm sure it does. And we just don't witness it. It's just now with social media and with, with phones and with activists like Sean King, like Tamika Mallory, like my son, that are putting this, you know, in the forefront, in your face, making you uncomfortable and, and making mm-hmm. it a reality in, in our country. We probably, this probably been going on the whole time. We just didn't know about it. You know, I think that my heart hurts because I see the pain. I see the pain of so many people, of generations. You know, we're seeing protests and we're seeing families go out and talk about the hurt that they've experienced. And and I think that that is incredibly powerful. But yes. I also think there's something super amazing about the show out. The people who are showing up, this younger generation who is not afraid to say, you know what, these are my friends, these are my people, I will stand for them. And I feel like there isn't equality for everybody in this country until everybody has equal rights. There is not. There's, it's period. You know, we can sit here and talk until the sun comes up, Mm -hmm. but until the policies are changed, until the system is changed, it will not change. And that's why I think it's so important to not let up this time because we could, because people have let up before. Oh yeah, of right? course. You know, we we've done this. We've protested. We we've marched. We we've taken to the streets. But you know, things die out and things go back to normal and people go back to work and and then you know it just becomes a hashtag to you know and, and well that's part of the news cycle too and I think yeah, that's part of the problem. You know, I was talking to I was actually talking to Charlemagne the other day and we were saying how um, you know just education. And we were talking about like community outreach and different programs, because, you know, if you go and you look at a school, uh, if if you look at the distribution of funds for education, Mm -hmm. all of the money goes to the rich areas. Yeah, it's it's very lopsided. Exactly. So how are you going to set up a child for success when they don't have the resources? It has to start in the schools. It starts as young as pre-K. It's got to start away from the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's like, you know, you can't sell kids that are minorities. And I'm talking about black and brown kids, too, you know, because Latinos are lumped in there, too. You know, listen, we've got to touch on that, on the whole, you know, Latinos feeling like uh, like they're exempt or like this can't happen to them or. 
or like they're not going to be profiled. I got, I got some news for you, man. You are part of this too. It, it can happen to you. It can happen to your dad. You know, I'm it's giving them the resources. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely feel you when it, when it comes to the resources, but I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about, about Latinos and mm-hmm. about their stance right now and about their stance on a lot of different things. I feel like I've, I've had this conversation with you in the past, Carolina. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Latinos are fearful of, of rioting, of protesting, of taking to the streets, of demanding their rights, you know, mm-hmm. um, there is a majority of us that do show up and do show out the the newer generation, the generation of like, I was born here. I know my rights. I don't care. I'm going to take our generation. Yeah. If I go to jail, somebody's going to bail me out. But um, our older generation of Latinos feel like a lot of these problems aren't their problems and they don't know. They don't want to take part in it. They don't want to get involved. And a lot of the times they justify really what's happening they say, you know, oh, well, they must have done this or, well, they must have done that. And it, it, that's a problem. Like, and I feel like we can help fix that at home. Like when I, when I talk to my mother, I make sure she understands mm-hmm. what's happening, the severity of what's happening, that this could have happened to my husband too. You know, it's, well, it's the, we're not it's accept. The, yeah, it's the, yo no me voy a meter mentality. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, I'm scared. Everybody's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need any attention on me. I don't want anybody looking at me and, and thinking that I'm up to anything. So no me voy a meter. But you have to. This is a human rights issue. This it, is- it really is. This George Floyd um, case, I've just treated it as a human. That's it. What is wrong is wrong. Would you, would you, did we watch him get murdered? Yes. Do, this, do these police officers deserve to be arrested? Yes. Prosecuted, convicted, and serve time. What they did was a murder on, on camera. And it's like, if you can't you know, bring yourself to acknowledge that or, or speak out on that just because they're not the same color skin as you are, you have a huge problem in your life, in your head, in your soul, in your conscience. I had the uh, discussion with my kids, and I think that that was really kind of what was weighing on my mind. Um, and why, you know, why I, did you have the discussion? Did they see something? I shield my kids from the news. Okay. And I don't know if that's the best thing. I a, do a believe they're very do do young. They are I think young. if my kids were older and had, um, if I was that profoundly affected by seeing those images, I would never want them to stay with my children, especially at their ages. And I respect so, that. Something that we do in our house is we wait until the boys are in bed to watch the nightly news. Like, okay. I won't have it on in the background. And this is prior to this Listen, happening right Carolina, now. I don't want to watch the nightly news. I know, I right? I know. Actually, I do news. like Lester Holt. I do like him. Yeah. I like my NBC nightly news. You know, I, like but, um, <laughs> I know, right? He's so sweet. So, yeah, we, we um, make a conscious effort to not have the news on in the background. And this goes way back. I mean, there's just always, like, for me, there's always shootings. For me, it was always, like, the, the school shootings that would bother me. And I was like, you know, I never want my kids to hear about a school shooting. I don't want them to think that they're in danger or, you know, live in fear. So they weren't aware, really. But I did ask them the one night, and I said, um, I said, do you guys know what's going on in the news? And they said, no, Mommy. And I said, okay, you know, well, and every night before we go to bed, we pray, we say what we're grateful for. And, and sometimes we'll offer a prayer for other people. And I said, you know, tonight we're going to pray for someone and his name is George Floyd. And they said, you know, why are we praying for him, mommy? I said, you know, we're just praying for him. And I didn't want to explain it to them. Uh-huh. I said, we're going to pray for his family. And um, I said, and I think we need to pray for our country too. I said, because our country is, is in, it's very broken right now. It really is. 
So my older one, who is just the more pensive, you know, he's not that Asher isn't, but he just, it thinks stay with him. He's like me, you know, and so, mm -hmm. and I don't know what he saw, but he said to me, he goes, mommy, why were people saying that black lives matter? And I said, okay, I go, well, I go, let's sit down and let's talk. So I got a book and it's called a kid's book about racism. And the man who wrote it, his name is Jelani Memory. Whenever I don't know how to explain something, I go to books. I'm a big believer in education. You have told me about so many different books. I know, I know. And so I got the book and I said, we're going to read this book. I said, and then after, if you have any questions, mommy is here to answer them for you. I said, but I'm going to tell you something quickly. I might not have all the answers, but let's watch it together. So we watched it. And truthfully, at the end, Noah said, Mommy, I understand it. And I said, what what do you mean? He goes, well, I understand. He goes, because, you know, sometimes if somebody says, you know, you're not allowed in my restaurant because you have black skin, then that's not allowed. That means that that person is not being treated fairly. And I said, Noah, you're absolutely right. And he knows about Martin Luther King Jr. And he knows all of it. He goes, and that's the reason why they march. And so I explained it to him. And I said, you know what, Noah? I said, I want to explain something to you. He goes, well, Mommy, we're white. And I said, no, Noah. I go, you're half white. I said, you are Caucasian and Latino. I said, and you need to remember that. I said, because there might be a time when somebody needs your help. And they're going to think you're white. And they're going to say, well, this guy doesn't have any reason to speak out on it. I said, and your voice matters that much more. My four-year-old didn't get it. He was like, well, you know, he wanted to play Pokemon. His but time it will was, come when, when, he, when he will have the conversation. You know, For me, I planted the seed. And it starts from home. Mm-hmm. It starts from home. You know, it's like, you know how we were just talking about the schools. Well, you know what, right at your house, when, when your son is, is, is that age, you can form him because the same way you can form a kid to be a white supremacist, you can form a child to be a lover of all races and to not have a little bone of, 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 of racist in his little body. You know, it's like, right. we, can, we can make a change right at home. And I, I say that all the time. Well, now, I did want to talk about this story that you sent me about Carol G. And I think that this goes back to the whole social media aspect of how, you know, people are not thinking. They're not. They're not. People are not thinking. And I'm not excusing it, by the way, but they're just not thinking. They're not. You know, people are, are people want to participate. They want to post, you know, like today's Blackout Tuesday and I saw a million people posting. And, you know, for those who don't know, you know, Blackout Tuesday um, was a call for the music industry to Mm -hmm. pause operations today and just find a way to, you know, connect with your with your community. A lot of people don't know what it is. They are posting it. Even Meek Mill. He's like, I don't know what who started Blackout Tuesday or what Blackout Tuesday is. Can somebody explain to me? And this was today while Mm -hmm. while it it was um, happening. But I do know that a lot of people want to do their part. They want to show that it's solidarity. They mm-hmm. want to show support. They, they want to show that they are conscientious, that they see what is happening. But you have to be very careful with the things that you post. You know, Carol G went on Twitter and I guess Carol G has a dog that's black and white. So she posted a picture of the dog and said, mm-hmm. this is proof that black and white together can be beautiful. Hashtag black lives matter. That's a problem. But girl, com- like, how are you going to compare your dog very to a movement? Very tone deaf, but 
here's the thing. Carol G is not here in New York City. Carol G doesn't right. know everything that, that we have been through. She doesn't understand that black and brown men are being dragged every single day out of their car. They're, they have guns being put to their forehead and then sent home without any type of, of proper therapy for, for that traumatic experience that they just went through. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. She thinks putting a puppy that's black and white, it, it's, it's good. You know I know, honey, pero que estupidez. Like that to me, it's like, you don't, you don't, Okay, first of all, not only do you not compare a dog to the movement, but you don't compare a dog to a human ever. Like, that is just offensive, period, you it know? Was. It was stupid. It was offensive. Yeah, people dragged her. Trust me. Like, when I'm telling you, they let her have it. They lit her ass up. And, you know, but she, hence, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. She, she did issue an apology, and she says that she's still learning. And that brings us right back to, you know, you want to post, you want to be involved, you want to use the hashtag, but educate yourself. First. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, bringing it back to the whole conversation on, on why it took me a minute, because I wanted to give something meaningful. I didn't want to just put something up there that was just to be a part of everybody's, you know, uh, to, to jump on the bandwagon, you know, or not be authentic. You know, there are so many people who just put things up because they want to be in. Like, look at Meek Mill, for example. Meek Mill was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it anyway. You know, I, I am an overthinker. That is my problem. You know what I mean? So it's like, you have people like me who are overthinking things, and you have people who like, I will give her the benefit of the doubt. I don't think Carol G had a bad intention by saying that. I just think it was dumb. It was you know dumb. what I mean? Like it, just it was wasn't... tone deaf. She, she's yeah. not. She's. It's not something she feels in her soul. Exactly. It's, it's not something she's right. passionate about. She's not like yeah. She's she not like understand. turning that out. Exactly. She just exactly. wanted to post something about it, and and that's where the problem lies. But and you know, I'll talk talk to you about this, Carolina. Some people are afraid to post. Some people that are not black are afraid to post. They I got a lot of that. I got a lot of those in my DMs. Yeah. I got a lot of that too. I got mm -hmm. people that they, you know, I'm white. Are people going to be mad if I post? I don't know what to say. I don't know what to caption it. What if I say the wrong thing? Listen, treat this as a human issue a person was murdered like mm -hmm. if you want to take part if it bothers you if it hurts you whatever race you are you can partake you can post you can show your respect you can um help and 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 lead and teach you don't have to feel like i can't participate in something i'm fired about because i am the wrong color but that's the society that we're in now, honey. You know, I mean, and this is the, this, there was a post that somebody put up that I, I cannot credit it. And I'm sorry, I just see so much throughout the day and I wish I remembered it, but I believe it was Dr. John Gray and another, I think it was like Stephen Furtick or something. And they were talking about how Americans have lost the art of conversation and discussion. You cannot, because we live in a click society and in a posting society, mm -hmm. people don't have these conversations anymore where you can respect somebody for not having the same opinion or you can be educated about something you know now it's just you put up a post and everybody's scrapping in the comments you oh know God. well that's a fact that, that that's and definitely a fact you know and there's way to combat that you know a lot of people don't know this but you can limit your comments to it only being people that follow you you can limit your comments to it being people that you only follow. You can also have settings where there are certain words that if they are within a comment, the comment will not pop up. Like I censor my page um, so that, you know, you can't write 
bitch. You can't write the N word. You can't write, you know, just disgusting narratives. They're, they're not going to be allowed. You're just going to say your comment has been, it, your comment doesn't work. Right. You know, so, it, and that is your space. You're, you're allowed to protect it. And, you know, when people are like, somebody told me today, like, oh, when you post your, uh, your Blackout Tuesday, you know, bla- make sure you tag MAGA and make sure you tag Make America Great Again so that we can flood their, their hashtag. I'm like, I don't want those people on my page. No. I don't, don't want to involve them. I don't want them coming here. Like, no. why would I even think about them? You know, it's like, no. this, this is not the time for me to even be dealing with those people. But I do want people to know that, you know, you are allowed to post, you are allowed to feel, you, you shouldn't feel like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a white girl, so I can't, you know, post something about George Floyd. You can, you, and it change starts with you. Maybe your girlfriends that are all white girls, they might be like, wow, look at this, you know, she, she's okay with posting. Maybe it's okay for me to also embrace and post and, and join a fight. I feel like you can be an ally for what you believe in. And, you know, I mean, and this goes back to, you know, when ICE was deporting our people who were here and, you know, I mean, there are so many ugly occurrences that we could relate this to, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can be an ally and you can be a voice. And, you know, I think that now more than ever, if you believe in something, do it for yourself. Yes. Because I don't think that I could have slept one more night had I not spoken about the way that I feel, it's actually quite liberating if you and think it, about it. And it's good that we're having this conversation because a lot of the things that we're talking about right now are things that most of our listeners, you know, might be thinking and, and yeah. might be worried about. And sometimes just hearing us talk about it is reassuring. It's just like, well, you know what? Honey and Carolina said. It was hard for me. It was hard for me. And it was hard because I just didn't have the right words to say. And, and, you know, I think that that's okay to admit that too. You can say, I don't know what to say, but this is my contribution. You know, Mm -hmm. like, this is what I want to do. I want to stand. I want to stand beside you. I want to be an ally and I want to use my voice. And people think because they're not in media that their voice doesn't matter. Your voice matters just as much, if not more, Listen, go out and vote. That is the bigger thing, you know? Is. And even if you have a familia of like 20 people, listen, those are right there that you can mold, that you can help break cycles, that you can help and stereotyping racist and prejudices that they have. That's your stage. That whole familia, you know, your dad, that be like, yo nada más quiero que tú salga con puertorriqueño. Like, they don't want you to even, some people are like, I only want my, my son to marry a Dominican. Oh, oh, no me gustan las mujeres colombianas. O la mujeres venezolana. Like, there's, we're, Within our own, within our own people, we have discrimination. Like we have within our very own, like I said, within our very own families. Like, you know, I mean. And we can start right there. Yeah. Well, I have a meme that I wanted to share with you. And it says, um, my friend, um, my friend posted this and she says, it says, talk to the, I'm not black. I'm Dominican people. Talk to, talk to the MAGA Cubans. Talk to the self-hating Puerto Ricans. Talk to your mejorar la raza mother. Talk to your families. And that is a statement, and I'm calling myself out right now, that I have said on this show that my grandmother would say. My grandmother, may she rest in peace, God bless her soul, Mm -hmm. you know, 
She used to say, oh, el niño tiene ojos azules. Oh, vamos a mejorar la raza. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I don't think so, abuelita. You know, I fell in love with my husband because I fell in love with my husband, not because he's white and I think there's anything wrong with us or me or our offspring. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, changing that mindset. And it is. It's generations before us. And that's why I have hope. I have hope because of our generation, because of this. You know what I'm saying? Like my parents, my parents' generation, your your parents' generation, it's it's tough for them. It's it tough is. for them to understand. And it's not excusable, but it is tough. But I know that the change is going to begin with us. Of course, the, the, the change is, is here. The change is here. Now we just have to, you know, try to fix our families. I have a lot of family that lives back in the Dominican Republic, you know, um, mm -hmm. they grew there. They, they went to high school there. They went to college there. And I, I don't identify with a lot of them. And, and I know that there is a lot of, um, you know, prejudice against mm -hmm. other Dominicans. And, you know, we can talk about this for a very, very long time, but I want to- I know, I'm sorry. I feel bad. I'm like, I, I, I just like, I said, honey, I go, I don't Listen. even know how long this podcast is going to be this time. I'm like- Yeah, because we have- Why well, so much to say? We have a lot to talk about, but I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this one thing with my family. Um, when people have children in my family that resemble white kids, I feel like they're celebrated. I feel like everybody wants to post about them. I feel like everybody finds them beautiful. I feel like everybody tells me, did you see such and such's daughter, how gorgeous she is? And then when I, I think of such and such's daughter, it's a white person. And I always wonder, I'm like, I wonder if everybody's going to think my brown babies are going to be that gorgeous and that beautiful. I wonder if they're all going to want to post my baby on social media when it's born. I wonder if people are going to say, did you see honey's baby, how beautiful he is? Brown with a little round nose and curly hair. And you know what I say? Are they going to fuss over my baby when my brown baby is born? Are they well, they don't need to because I will. Exactly. <laughs> I will be spoiling that little baby. Don't even get me started. But, uh, but, but it gets me thinking right away. I'm like, oh, okay. So you only equate beauty with whiteness. And not to say that's everyone in my family and definitely not my immediate family, but a lot of the people that are back in the Dominican Republic. And um, we have to change that. It's so crazy that people that people still think this way. I read something that speaks to that, honey, that I think is, is actually quite helpful because, you know, you can't say we're all, we're all the same, you know, inside, you know, that that's fine. You know, I think the more important thing is to say, I see you, I honor who you are. And I think that that is a beautiful thing. You know, I think that for us to sit here and say, you know, we're all, we're all the same. Well, me, you know, I, mean, I think my mom used to say something, um, I forget her exact terminology, but she would say, yo soy hecha de carne y hueso, you know, something along those lines. I, I don't know. I'm probably messing it up. But anyway, you know, yes, we are all made of the same things, you know, blood and bone and cartilage and all that stuff. But you should celebrate somebody for being the individual that they are. If somebody is darker than you, and that's a beautiful thing. If somebody is lighter than you, that's a beautiful thing too. But you can't make one better than the other. You can. And you that's know, the problem. You know what's so crazy? I am a simple judge of character. 
of, of what your soul is like, what type of energy you bring. And that is how I pick my people. That's how I pick my tribe. You know, I, I say Girl. all the time, I don't care like what nationality you are, what color you are, what religion you are. It's just really at, at the core. Who are you really? Do our Absolutely. values align? You know, can I, are you a trustworthy worthy person? And um, yeah, Carolina, we could go on for a long time. This is a topic that that's super um, charged. Mm -hmm. And can yield a lot of different sub conversations. And you know what? The one thing that I think is really great about this podcast is that you don't have to agree with us, you you know, and I'm open, but I am open to hearing other perspectives and other points of view, because I think that if anything, if we're going to leave you with one thing, my hope is just that you're open to being educated about anything at this point when it comes to race relations and when it comes to I'm sorry. You no, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. I understand exactly what you're saying. And, and that's my hope for them too. And, and my hope is that people don't sit back and just watch because eso no tiene nada que ver conmigo. No, everybody, we need to help. We need help. We need help. When we, in, and this is a societal thing. And I think Trevor Noah had an amazing video. And if you're, watching, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the 18 minute video that Trevor Noah posted, it is so incredibly well done, well spoken, and he talks about us as a society. And he just says, "Oh, girl, it is." Tr- will you please text me after you watch it? I will. I'm gonna okay. text it as soon as, as soon as I turn off the microphone and the camera. I'm gonna go ahead and watch it. It's about 18 minutes, and I was listening to it while I was washing the dishes, and I was bawling my eyes out because he's right. We can't live in a society that says, well, you guys can have more, but these people over here, nah, that's, that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. We can't. You just can't do it. It's so over. It's over. The change has got to come. Change has got to come. Oh, honey, I love you. I, I want to talk about banana chips and quarantine sex next time. Oh, oh my you God, know? send me those <laughs> chips again. I forgot to buy them. And I forgot I said- the last time we were sitting here talking about some bullshit, I'm like, you know, the world's problems are not even what they are right now, but I am grateful for you. We were just, we were just like, I don't want to get my hair done. I'm I know. Too, and I, I can't wait to see you and, and, you know, for everyone listening, please reach out. You know, I yeah. always check my DMs, especially during this quarantine. I've been able to answer people and be a little bit more interactive. So hit me on Instagram. It's I am honey German. Yes, and I am at the real Carolina. Believe it or not, there was an imposter. So, <laughs> guys, we'll be back next week. We love you. Take right. care of each other. All right. Yes. I'll talk to you soon, babe. Be kind. Bye, okay. Carol. Bye. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prince Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules 
a day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 